Take it rough. Hey, what's going on? And we are back in the break room. It's me, Charles Carter. How y'all doing? It's just me again, solo today. I'm happy to be back, man. Um, those of you who don't know, those who you who should probably follow um, our Twitter at the Break Room H O U and the Break Room Podcast, and on Facebook at the Break Room Podcast One, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, I took a L- I took went to L A trip um, had a L A trip excuse me uh, went to Los Angeles and went to the playoff game uh, Clippers versus the Suns great game man it's so good to see people back in the stands now man it's like it was almost a little weird I hadn't attended an event in a sporting event in almost well definitely over a year so it was it was great it was a great atmosphere I haven't been to L A since I was about. Uh, I want to say six to eight years old, something like that. I know, I know, my brother was around, so I had to be. I know I was older than four or five. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I remember, yeah, about six. Eight. I, I and I almost forgot why people try to live out there. You know, living in Texas for so long, and I guess I'm. I've been many places, but um, the weather is kind of, you know, it's. It's similar. None of it is like is exactly the same, but it's all pretty similar. You know, it's either uh, those people who live in Texas know how unpredictable the weather is, and uh, even on the uh, East Coast, you know, it can still be kind of the same. I've been to Atlanta, and the weather's kind of pretty similar. It's pretty crazy out there. I know in uh, or even going higher up north, sometimes it can just be really cold all the time, pretty cool all the time. It doesn't really get too too hot, but you know, it's kind of on one end of the spectrum. In California, many of you probably gonna laugh at him because a lot of you probably been there before. The weather is so nice year round, and you know when I when I heard that, when people told me that before I went, I was like, eh, you know, I almost thought about it like a, like an urban myth, like an urban legend kind of thing, like you know, like oh, okay, you know, people, like old people's stories or something like that, you know. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll see when we get out there. It was so many people walking around, and I, I see why. I see why. The weather's nice. You don't care if the sun doesn't burn. In Texas, the sun shines. It burns you like it hates you, like you shouldn't be outside right now. You know, like even parking at uh, Walmart or Target or something like that, you look for the closest spot, and that's necessarily because of the walking distance, but because it's so hot outside, you don't want to walk in the sun that long. You know, but out there, it's like you don't care. You don't care how far you got to walk. It's almost, it's pleasant to walk. It's nice outside. The sun doesn't burn. It like it, the sun was so bright, and I was so confused. I went with a couple of my buddies, and I was so confused. Uh, just <laughs> I was so confused walking outside and seeing how bright the sun was. That I was like, you know, I went to uh, Manhattan Beach, and the the sky was clear. You know, you could see the mountain range, and the sun was out, but. It wasn't hot, and I was. I'm like, did I die in my Uber getting over here or something like that? Did, did is this heaven? You know, is uh, it was crazy, man. Uh, you know, I don't know how I would think about living out there. Gas and the prices were ridiculous. Gas is like cheap gas out there is about three fifty right now. Uh, but regular gas might be around four dollars, which is crazy. And Texas like two fifty, two sixty. You know, so uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see for the future. But um, as far as the, uh, the the playoff game, the playoff game was great. Um, that was what I think that was game uh, four. 
That was game four. That was game four. The Suns ended up winning. Actually, and at the time, like I, I for this series, I kind of want the Suns to win, and I predict them to win also. But for that game, I actually wanted the Clippers to win. I just wanted to see how wild the stadium really got, or you know how it impacted the city at the time. But the Suns ended up taking it, uh, which was good. The biggest thing I can say for that series is, and really the series in general, is that two big pieces, and you've probably heard them before, is Paul George one. And Ty Lue, I can't speak on how little attention that most mainstream media has given Ty Lue for this playoff run that the the Clippers have had, right? We've put all our attention on Paul George. And with the fall of the Brooklyn Nets, it was kind of the opposite. We put all our attention on Steve Nash and a lot of players being out and gave all the praise to Kevin Durant. It made sense because some adjustments weren't made and their mm, quote-unquote formula for trying to win the game was just let's see what KD can do. You know, it wasn't really, there was a lack of coaching. But there needs to be more attention given to Ty Lue for this situation. They've started out every series in this playoff run 0-2, but they have found a way to come back and beat the Mavericks, beat the Jazz. And so this stretch that they've been on is it's, it's, kind, it's kind of crazy. You want, you're missing your best player. You're missing Kawhi. The things that Paul George had to battle with, not only just on the court, just missing Kawhi, but off the court with the, the scrutiny uh, and, and somewhat and, and sometimes a little unfair scrutiny uh, from media. And he's been he's been putting, put on the show. He's been put on the show. Paul George, I said Paul George. <laughs> Paul George is currently averaging 30.2 points a game. 10 rebounds and 6.2 assists. Now, this is what I think we're messing up at. I say us, I mean just in uh just the media in general. We want Paul George to perform. We want we want him to, you know, not be playing pandemic P, which I claimed he kind of still was. But I think if they don't pull out the series, if they don't win, if the series ends tonight, which is uh what say is Wednesday, June 30th. If the series ends tonight, and the Suns win. What would we think of Paul George? He's been performing. Ty Lue's been coaching. What would we think of him? How would his performance switch, uh, shift our opinion? I mean, does anybody really think Paul George can carry a team at his, even at his best, at his peak? Back when he was with OKC as an MVP candidate, did any of us really think he would carry a team to a championship, like single-handedly? No, none of us ever predicted that. Ty Lue. Ty Lue is almost showing himself to be one of the top two coaches in the league right now and during the playoffs with a lim- without Kawhi. What do we think of Ty Lue? We've already kind of, many people have addressed Ty Lue as definitely one of the best coaches. He cemented it. He cemented that this playoff run. But if we're going to give praise to Ty Lue, when none of us really expected him to even be that, Ty Lue to even be one of the best coaches in the league. And so now when we have Paul George, who none of us would ever say is the best player in the league or even in the top five, but we're giving him top five expectations. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. We're expecting him to go out there and do what Kevin Durant, what we thought Kevin Durant would do. And Kevin Durant was a masterpiece in his last game this season, but just still couldn't pull it out. Our opinion didn't really shift about him. You know what I mean? He's still exactly what we think he is. Paul George, we can't expect, and this is for a, a lack of a better comparison, but we can't expect Sonic the Hedgehog to be Flash. You know, Fast in his own right, 
extremely talented. But we can't we can't expect him to run through the speed for us and run back, be so fast he can run back in time and things things of that nature. We we can't expect Paul George to be Kevin Durant. We can't expect Paul George to be uh, LeBron James. We can't expect Paul George to be put a team on his back, Steph Curry or or you know one of these generational talent or anybody anybody like that. We can't expect him, a non-MVP, to perform like these other MVPs, you know? So we should, since we shouldn't expect that of him, if he doesn't succeed or do what we think these other guys would do, that shouldn't kill, that shouldn't tarnish his reputation, that shouldn't make him any less than what he already is. Paul George is a great player, and we, I think it should just be left at that. He's a great player. We thought he was a little less than that at one point, but uh, no, he's still a pretty good player. He's still pretty great. Is he generational like Steph and KD and LeBron? And No, he's not. He's not, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. He did all that with his without his other piece, without his better half, without Kawhi. Taking the most efficient team, giving them a fight in the Phoenix Suns. The Suns currently, I want to say looking like they're in cruise control because they've been battling, but with the return of Chris Paul, and then finding a way and dealing with Ty Lue's adjust adjustments. What are the Suns exactly? Because we thought, I believed early on in the season when the uh, Suns had reached the number two seed, and I believe that Chris Paul is your gun, is your gun, and um, Devin Book and DeAndre Aiden are your bullets. He's the guy who controls what direction, how fast, how close he needs to shoot him, all of that. And I thought, without your gun, what's the point of having bullets? Currently, Devin Booker is averaging 26 points, 26.2 points, excuse me, 5.6 rebounds, and 4.8 assists, assists during this series. DeAndre Aiden is playing like he's going to be an all-star next season, next season. Easily. He seems like he's going to be the name that people remember for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Not only just Devin, not only just Devin Booker. I've heard and I've heard some people say that, well, the Suns only look so efficient because Kawhi isn't there to bother them or he's, he isn't there to try to hold Devin Booker or, or limit the flow of the game, their flow. He isn't there to slow them down. And, you know, that could be true, but that's true around the league. It's it, it's an injury season. It just kind of is. It's been an injury-littered playoffs. We just had Giannis go down last night uh, with that hyperextension to his knee, and that thing was nasty. Ugh. But uh, you hate to see it. Um, it's been a, like I say, it's been an injury littered uh, playoffs. You had um, also with Trey Young with that. I think he had a bruise to his right foot. I believe a bruise to his bone on his right foot. It's been it's been full of injuries. It's been a lack of stars. But I will be honest with you right now. I have never been this excited throughout an entire playoff. Usually, for the past year, for the past few years, it's been. In the well, in the finals, it's been LeBron, Steph, and I think since 2006, it was Kobe. It's been those, those three guys have been in the championship. None of these guys are present. The Warriors didn't make the playoffs. Lakers got bounced out first round. This is the time for young stars. <laughs> Apparently, it's the time for young stars to kind of <laughs> show what they got. I've never been this. When I say I haven't been this excited for a playoffs, I mean throughout an entire series from round one to round two to conference finals to the championship. It's always just kind of been well. I'm gonna wait to the conference finals, or I'm gonna wait to the champ or the you know the finals, the championship. I've never been excited for the first round. 
or the second round. You kind of already kind of know how they most most of the time how they're gonna shake out. One one series might pique your interest, just one. But most of the time, you kind of like, okay, I kind of figure out eh, they kind of gonna win. They're gonna win. Uh, they might blow it in six. They might take it to seven. You know, it, it, you usually kind of kind of weed out how round one is gonna go. Round two. A little tougher, but usually you can kind of determine how they're gonna shake out. Conference finals, that's when it gets interesting. Finals, that's when it's that hey, it's the pinnacle. That's when it's really always interesting, for the most part, <laughs> excluding last year. An important question that needs to be asked: What do these injuries do to the viewership? Because you know you have tentative tentative watchers, you know NBA watchers who aren't really just you know super basketball fans who don't just like you know didn't grow up playing the sport. They kind of just like watching, you know, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have people like that, and so when their favorite player isn't present, they kind of lose interest in the game. Hey, happens. It happens a lot when people have their favorite show and their favorite character dies. You know, it's like okay, I don't really care about the show anymore. This is whatever. However, it turns out is how it turns out. I don't. They don't really have any more stock in the in the, in the uh, game or in the show, which makes sense. The best thing, even though that you do lose some viewers, you have the potential to to gain a lot more through these young players, through the uh, young NBA watchers. A lot of kids play basketball. A lot of kids already know about Steph. Already know about LeBron. Already know about Giannis. Uh, Giannis being a newer face, James, KD, all these other guys. A lot of guys already know about them. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of people didn't know about Ben Simmons, but now they know he can't shoot. A lot of people didn't know Joel Embiid was as talented as he was, but now they know. A lot of people didn't know Trey Young could shoot the way he can, but now they know. A lot of people didn't know Devin Booker was a walking bucket. Now they know. You're building, this is the NBA's chance to build new fans for new players. It's hard to eclipse, you know, the the top guys, you know, the generational guys. It's hard to uh, until they retire. For the most part, you never will until they retire or just kind of just leave the scene, you know, because usually they run the playoffs or they run the championship. They are always in it. Now is one of the few years they're not. You give these smaller markets, these younger players, a base. You rile up some activity for that area, Atlanta, Phoenix, Milwaukee. I mean, eh, I guess, and for the Clippers fans, LA, Clippers have all been the stepchild to, to the Lakers, but hey, the Lakers aren't here. This season has been the thing that the fans did not know they needed. Didn't know that they wanted either. Everybody hated when, uh, back when you saw Miami and the Spurs uh, repeatedly ended up in the finals. People hated when you always saw the Cavaliers and the Warriors always ended up in the finals. Lakers and whoever. You know, crossing over sports, football, Patriots, and whoever. Now they're getting what they want. They're getting something different. You're getting something new. Something you never, you, you didn't even expect. Something you didn't even know you wanted. Also, for uh, the basketball purists out there, now you're getting not too many stars are present now because of injuries. For those who are just basketball purists, they like to see the flow of the game and fundamentals. You're, gonna, you're probably going to get a lot of that now. A lot of stars aren't there anymore. Everybody's getting served these playoffs, man. I couldn't be happier for it. But that's going to be all for this segment. We're going to catch you in a few minutes. Uh, follow us on The Break Room, HRU on Twitter, and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram. And for those who don't know about our Facebook, The Break Room Podcast 1 on Facebook, man. Sorry, Check us out. Uh, let's, we'll see you in a few minutes. I touched that. Something from nothing and vowed to never tear it apart. We turned the street hustle into an art that would quickly change life forever for us. No more riding bikes and catching the bus. We on the roll up, money to fold up. 
fucking cook, yo, they got the neighborhood about to blow up. But hold up, I see this van sitting. What's going on? We're back in the break with me, your host, Charles Gardner. What's happening? Welcome back. So, look, going right into it. Oh, I didn't even give y'all a breakdown of the show in the beginning, but, hey, we're halfway through it right now, so forget about it. Just keep listening. First thing we're going to get into is the NCAA. For those who haven't heard and those of you who've probably heard and those of you who don't even know what's going on, the NCAA um, just established a groundbreaking that will change the landscape of collegiate sports forever. Are you ready? When I say change, the change the the landscape. I mean forever, forever, forever. This is what it was. Every athlete in the country will be able to make money from endorsements through a variety of other ventures starting Thursday, which is tomorrow. For those of you who don't know, we also live in the age of the internet, social media, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube. Facebook, uh, Anchor, Podcast, Google Podcast, I mean, Apple Music, all of it, all of it, all of it. The reason I say this is so groundbreaking, the NCAA has been making money off players' likeness for years, decades. The most recent uh, player I can think of that had such a following was Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. For those of you who don't know who Johnny Football is, Johnny Manziel. He's no longer currently. He's not. He's no longer in the NFL. Um, I, I think he's playing for some league. I can't remember exactly what it was, but people love Johnny Football. They thought he was the second coming of faster Drew Brees. And you know, I think he got. I think I remember if I remember correctly, he got in trouble one time. I think for signing a jersey or something, or signing something for I think a dollar or something. It was something really small. Or even Jameis Winston. That I mean, it later came out that he took it for a different reason. But they the initial story of Jameis Winston was that he they gave him some crab legs for free, but that would have messed up his. That wasn't the original story that came out. They were giving him some crab legs for free, but he should have said he just stole some crab legs because taking them, getting them because of he played football anything tied to him, him playing football back at Florida State uh, would have been a violation of the NCAA rules, and that would have been. Uh, a strong high penalty that so it would just been easier to say that you stole them and you know it would have been something really small so the reason that uh, so I'm giving you some some kind of context saying that why this is so groundbreaking players will be able to receive things for free players will be able to get get paid those who don't know I play college football I don't know too much about other sports but I'm pretty sure Anybody playing sports at college, it's it's the schedule is difficult. It is extremely difficult. So anything in season, oh man. So uh, if I remember correctly, I think how did workouts go? Workouts went. Uh, what? Monday. Okay, workouts. I think workouts went Monday, Wednesday. And if you weren't playing, I think they went Friday morning. If you were playing, they had like a, it was like an early before game. I can just get, you can't necessarily call it a workout, but it was a, like a intense stretch or it was an activation thing we did. So you work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, quasi workout Friday, you know, uh, but the whole time you had school too and you still had practice that day for other sports they work out either a lot more a lot less depending on um 
how sports work. I know track is some workout every day, basically. That's a whole different beast. Baseball, you usually always running. And a lot of these other sports, you you always doing something. You never have you they only take it back. Okay, so we didn't work out on Monday. We had Monday off. We worked out Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Something like that. It was years ago. Man. Okay, so many sports kind of work like that, somewhat similar. Always gonna be different, but somewhat similar. You usually have one day off and you work out every other day. So they get paid. You know, through free education, if you're on, that's even if you're on scholarship. If you have a scholarship, you get paid, <laughs> you get paid by free education. I have quotation marks to be a free education. For those who don't, you have many walk-ons. Baseball, you don't have full scholarship. You get like half scholarships. That's if you're really, really good or quarter scholarships or whatever. You get percentages, you know. So a lot of these guys, gals too, a lot of these people come up off their own money to pay for school and look for those who don't know school isn't cheap and it gets high with depending on what kind of school you're going to for these athletes to get the opportunity to make money off their own work i couldn't i couldn't be happier for them really because like i said we we live in the age of social media we live in the age of like i said all these play all these things youtube tiktok uh snapchat instagram people get snapchat famous or i don't know snapchat famous TikTok famous, Twitter famous, Instagram famous, off the smallest things. Now, I'm going to throw this idea out there for all you athletes who probably just got the news. If I were you, I would definitely talk to, because most athletes know each other, especially the ones in the same conference and, you know, same area states. People grew up together. They played each other probably in high school, things like that. Uh, Camps, tryouts, things like that. If I were you, I would make a platform you know, for myself individually and get every athlete you know to support you and you support them. It's an easy win, easy profit. YouTube does stuff like this. I mean, YouTube does stuff like this all the time. Or um, Twitter people, you know, t- uh, Twitter influencers. Somebody Twitter famous will support somebody else and make them Twitter famous and they'll support them back to make them even more Twitter famous, you know? So things like that. Social popularity is pretty easy to gain. All it takes is one thing to be funny, one thing to be cool, one thing to be sad, you know, one thing to be nice. It, it, it only takes one. You need one to hit. And that's just with social media. Now, if we're talking about, you know, in person, off the field, person to person, whatever, whatever might have you. People at these bigger colleges, this kind of more applies to them. Smaller colleges don't necessarily do this unless you're like North Dakota State or something like that and you go to the championship just about every other year. Signing of jerseys, signing of um, other things like that. Now, it did not specify. Now, I'm not necessarily sure what the NCAA meant by saying a variety. I didn't say all. It didn't say any. Um, it just said, I think that's going to present that they're going to present some ways that you can do it, but all things may not be open, which I hope isn't the case, but it sounds like it, it might be. So if social media is an option, that's definitely the first way you should go. If not, uh, signing of shirts or uh, the football team coming together and saying that they, hey, we're going to uh, be hired to work a um, construction job. I'm just saying they're throwing something out there, you know, something minor going to be compensated for work or, you know, moving things, uh, moving furniture for people, something like that. I'm sure all the logistics of, you know, being under the school name and under the program and all those things have to be taken care of. But, you know, working in a vacuum outside of that, that's something that can be done. The cons, one of the cons to this is that an easy way, this can easily sap every, any kind of if if small schools had any kind of drawing power any any kind of leverage this takes 
everything away from them. Because the one thing that speaks to younger people is money. To well, to anybody, money talks. Bigger colleges, bigger schools. Usually, they can probably make their own platform for the players, and you know, if you get involved, and you'll be able to make such and such amount of money. Now, um, now, if you're a football team, probably the most grossing, uh, probably going to have the most money. Opportunity for money, possibly Clemson, Alabama, you know, things like that. Schools like that who win all the time. Ohio State, they'll be probably be able to entice uh, athletes to come to their school because they'll be able to make more money than if they were going to someone like a DeVry. You know, the right and have a team. But you know, you get what I'm saying? It's schools like that, and so on and so forth. So, uh, another D1A school here in Houston, U of H, compared to some some place like a, but right next to it, actually, TSU. U of H can probably offer more money because they're just a bigger program than TSU. So, players will be more enticed to not only just be at, just not go to TSU, but maybe even transfer over to U of H. I'm pretty sure the NCAA is going to have like more rules. So players just won't be moving around across, just jumping over conferences and moving schools here and there. And then some schools even end up barren, you know? So there are probably going to be more rules in place. They're going to have probably more details about it coming up. But this new rule that the NCAA has chosen to lift is def- it's going to open the floodgates for the future. It really is. It's going to make players in a better position to take care of themselves. Because so, I don't know, a lot of times we got out of practice, it was so late that we didn't have a chance to eat sometimes. Down the hall is closed. So it, it's going to give the opportunity for a lot of players to take care of themselves. Um, I know some, some college players have kids already, have children. Help give back a little bit, you know, take care of their own families, things like that. So this is a good thing. It, ha- it does have its own negatives, but like everything does, but this is a good thing. Lastly, moving on to who's hot and who's not. Who's hot? College athletes. College athletes are hot right now. You have to be happy for them. They have to be. They have to be rejoicing, man. Like, I feel like they almost need like somebody needs to come up with a uh, <laughs> a freed from you know a Negro spiritual or something like that. They need like a, 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 a just a song, you know, because <laughs> the money that could happen. Because all this work that's been put in, and you kind of get for the ones who, even for the ones who don't play, you know what I mean. All this work they put in, and they they don't play, you know. For you to now possibly be able to get something back, you can't help but smile for that. You know what I mean. You get rewarded in some kind of way. That's not even just talking about for the uh, scholarship guys, because you know the scholarship guys get a free education. So, but the non uh, the non scholarship guys, you can find a way to make money while you <laughs> while you do this while you. Work. Another one person on our who's hot list, Paul George, man. Paul George is trying his best to eliminate the pandemic P just to get rid of that entire narrative. And for the most part, he's done it. I think the pandemic P standard is only staying because we we are expecting too much. We can't expect Paul George to be a generational talent because he's not. Great player, though. Great player. Great two-way player. But he's not LeBron. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Steph Curry. He's he's not those guys. He's Paul George. And Paul George is a great player. That's really it. Paul George is not going to be a guy who we're going to say, like, huh, was he better than Jordan? He's not going to be that guy. 
but Paul George, if he gets the ring, is definitely going to be a, a hall of you know, between a hall of famer. Definitely by definitely by NBA standards. Moving on, on our who's not on our who's not man. We got Kodak Black. So for those who haven't seen it, go look it up. Ke- uh, Kodak, uh, Miami rapper. Well, I said I don't know if he's from Miami, but he's from Florida. Uh, he threw a hundred k into the ocean. You what? You heard me. A hundred thousand dollars cash bills, big bills. Threw them right into the water, man. I was looking at it, hoping it was like Usher Bucks, hoping it was like some fake money or something like that, like it was all a joke. Like, you know, it, it was just doing it for the camera, doing it for Twitter, whatever, trying to clout chase us. So I, I was hoping that's what it was, not literally $100,000 thrown in cash into the water. Um, if you're sitting at home, if you're hungry right now like I am, um, if you um, if you just got your car towed, if you got a late bill, just think about that. That's when I that's that's who's on our who's not list. I promise. If I if I was rich, I would not be dumb. I it, please. <laughs> Next person on who's not list, we got Dennis Schroeder. So also it's saying that reports are saying that Dennis Schroeder is wants to be re-signed by the Lakers, but is asking for a hundred mil. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? Dennis Schroeder. This season averaged 15.4 points a game, 3.5 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. Dennis Schroeder is asking for 100 mil in his next contract with the Lakers. Prediction, Dennis Schroeder will not be playing for the Lakers next season if he holds on to that, <laughs> to that standard. I mentioned last episode, if I were Daryl Morey, GM for the Philadelphia 76ers. I would obtain Dennis Schroeder. Definitely not for the amount of money he's looking for because nobody's going to give him that much. I would obtain him for a decent amount, something, you know, package him with Ben Simmons, and then hopefully move him for Damian Lillard because there seems to be some trouble in paradise with Portland, with the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. Just make the offer. You fill out their defensive needs with Ben Simmons, and you give them someone who can push the ball and has somewhat of a scoring output on offense with Dennis Schroeder. Now Dennis Schroeder doesn't get what he wants with a hundred with a hundred mil, <laughs> but I mean, fifteen point four points, three point five assists, total rebounds. That's not even defensive or offense. That's total rebounds. Three point five rebounds, five point eight assists. Dennis Schroeder. Move forward, man. That will be all for the break room today. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for kicking it with us. Thank you for chilling and listening. We'll be back next week. Follow us on Twitter at the Break Room H O U on Twitter and the Breakroom.podcast on Instagram and the Breakroom Podcast One on Facebook, man. Check us out, follow our content. Hey, maybe you'll see some other things like uh Next time we go to a playoff game or anything like that. So check us out, man. Follow us, interact with us. We put up polls, we put up uh, comments, comment, interact on our Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. So we'll catch you next time, man. See you in the break room next week. I'm tossing turn, candlesticks and the dark visions of bodies being burned.